podcast my name is max curtain his name is jesse benz and he's bold and he's looked like he's from the 90s do i look like i'm from the 90s why the t-shirts it's the it's the t-shirt you're like a refresher who time traveled <laughs> thank you time traveling bro. i just wanted to stay in date mate <laughs> i just didn't want to go off um thank you yeah i shaved my head because um nature was taking its course a little bit here and um like when you're in lockdown and that you can't really be bothered to make your hair look good so it just looks terrible every day yeah well yeah i wear a lot of hats but i thought fuck it let's just get rid of it i'm gonna do this for a while and just see how it goes i think my head is a nice shape it's a nice um it's not a circle is it but it's not like lumpy like some people's heads are. yeah wait what are you trying to say <laughs> well we don't know you've never shaved your head but i imagine i imagine it looks like um I mean, I mean, you are, hey, hey, Arnold, you are football head. So it's going to be like, I wouldn't be surprised if there were three little stitches at the back of your head to finish off the ball. Tight <laughs> <laughs> <a> spiral. <laughs> American football head and English football head. Little, little NFL stamp. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, so I can't laugh a lot in this episode. I pulled my back like an hour and a half ago from turning. I just turned. Okay. So our last episode, not counting last week's episode, which when we were a guest on Steve and we sort of simulcasted, which is like the future. But um, before that, you were old man yelling at Cloud and now you've put your back out. So it's all going wrong for you. It really hurts. And all I did was <laughs> I did. You know, the last time I put my back out, I can't remember if I told you about this. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, I've got Heelys. Uh, my mum mm-hmm. bought me adult sized Heelys. Um, for like Christmas 20 years old 10 or something yeah I was 20 when I got them and um <laughs> I wore them for Christmas a couple of years ago and thought I was oh yeah great let's just go because I was going out for a Christmas meal and went along and I tried to go along on my Heelys and slipped and put my back out and it was like so then I had to hobble to the restaurant on Christmas day and literally I was sitting down and I looked over the table to my girlfriend and I was like I really need the toilet, but I genuinely can't get up. <laughs> or if I do get up, I don't think I'll be able to get back down. And so that was bad. And also it was embarrassing because when you take the wheels out of Heelys, it leaves a little hole in the bottom of the shoe. And because it was cold, I walked into the posh restaurant and then just left two little ice cubes that fell out my shoes <laughs> on the doormat. <laughs> just going to pick these up later, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> just pop it. them in my martini. <laughs> So, um, yeah, not a lot of laughing tonight. Very serious episode. No fun. Okay, fine. Um, can I, shall I just tell you sad things instead? It would make me feel um, a lot better. Right, orangu- there's half as many orangutans in the world right now as there were 20 years ago. I find it really cute the way you say orangutans. Now you got me <laughs> saying it like you say it. <laughs> how do you say it? Orangutan. Oh, fuck, you've messed That's me up That's how you now. say it. Is it just become a noise now? Orangutans. <laughs> very intelligent animals very intelligent animals um yes we were on steve's podcast we spoke about wrestling that was a nice change of pace for us to do last uh last week we tried to simulcast it so we could get like a freebie episode in last week but tried. i realized that we can't take that episode and upload it onto spotify because that's his episode so basically of course we can like well, what, there we what, are now. You, what, you think it's bad form to do that, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. Fuck that. <laughs> Just do it. Who cares? What's he going to do? 
What's he gonna do? What's he gonna, what's he gonna do? Throw a hockey puck at us? Stupid Canadian man. He's your he's your only friend. <laughs> I love you, Steve. Don't leave, mate. But on today's episode, it's getting close to the uh, the old romance weekend. Waste of a holiday. So we're looking at the unexpected. <laughs> we're looking at the unexpected romantic comedies, and when we say unexpected, we're not talking about your Matthew McConaughey's or your Jared Butler's and guy chases girl, and it's a really toxic relationship. No, we're looking at like stuff that has is a rom com, but is entertaining and is fun. <laughs> I like that. Basically, what you just said there is, by unexpected, we don't mean expected. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed language. <laughs> but the ones that like sh- peddled out to to people to be like the good rom coms, they're just they're just really fucked up. Where they're like hunting people down and they're like, please leave me alone, and they're like, no, 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 I'm going to show up at your work. They are unhealthy. So this is because I'm working from home, right? I judge me, guys. But um, on Loose Women the other morning, they were talking about um, uh, basically their leading thing. They were like, after the break, we're going to be discussing are romantic comedies as damaging to relationships as pornography? And that's weird because I just started talking about porn and then Steve mentioned about porn. Um, And and in a way, they were arguing that um, in the same way that porn gives unrealistic expectations of sex in relationships, like um, you don't like stick it straight in the ass on a first date, for example, and like I've been told, and um, stuff like that. But rom coms are the same sort of way, right? So like, if someone yeah. has made it clear they're not interested in you, you don't just keep annoying them and haranguing them until eventually they fall in love with you because they yeah. probably won't. Don't harangatang them until they <laughs> agree to go on a date with you, and then get married, and then there's a, the ultimate switch. Like it's it's so toxic and the girl's just then suddenly like oh I love him so much I'm going to marry him and have his babies because he stayed outside of my room for four days. Yeah exactly and wanked like a gibbon. Yeah <laughs> it was just, his arch of his cum was just so <laughs> Went never... straight through the little basketball hoop on the back of my door <laughs> uh, um, more... Lord Cromington has commented saying uh, Jez did you get a new razor again it's the old razor my friend uh, it's actually a beard trimmer, and um, my head was quite sore for a day or two after I did it. Yeah, you were in our group chat, and we thought this was something you were building up to, and you're like, should I shave my head? And we went, yeah, why not? And then next picture was literally just... <laughs> <laughs> no discussion was was had, so... Good. Kept the beard, okay. though, so I'm a little upside-down head. Yeah. He's got his head on. Everyone knows upside it. Down. Yeah. Yep. This, is, this has really turned his life upside-down face. How do we feel about romance? In general. Generally. <laughs> this is going to... By the I'm way, this is, is going to be a dynamite episode. <laughs> well, how do I feel about romance? Um, I feel... I was, no need to be a romantic man. Hey! I'm, I I have a few little... But I know you I are. Sleep. But I know you are. There you go. How do you know that? Because you've wined and dined with me on many an occasion. Oh, that's nice. Well, I was chatting about this with someone earlier, actually. We were saying about how, what would we be doing this weekend if we weren't in lockdown? What did you just do? Oh, you're back. And carry on. Right. Just um, ignore the moans and groans that happen throughout the episode. <laughs> it's turning me on. Um, I, we were talking about how, um, if it wasn't lockdown, would we be going out for a meal and things like that? And we both agreed that, like, when you do do that, you just feel like a twat. 
like you're sitting, you know, you're sitting in the restaurant with your partner and everyone else is doing the same thing. And you're, you're sort of looking around like, oh, we all know why we're here. <laughs> like, it's just, and you just feel like an absolute knob. And it, it is, and it's forced fun. I don't like forced fun. Um, and that's what Valentine's Day can be. But if you are with someone you love, it can be a nice way to like, I, I'm going to exchange cards with my significant other. We're going to get a takeaway, probably, I imagine. Just watch a nice film and eat that. Mm. But it's, my knees. No, well, it's always one or the other, isn't it? Um, always is. Yeah, so I imagine it'll be pizza, maybe. Maybe pizza. I've seen I've seen enough pornographies to know what happens when a pizza delivery guy turns up. Pizza's the most romantic uh, form of food. Form I agree. Takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. And the boxes are easy to make a little hole in. Not that little. <laughs> I still have to order the large. <laughs> An average sized hole. Is that why they get the um you know, like the little circular bit so the toppings don't hit the, the roof? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it's like and then it's like a little a little crown for your mushroom. <laughs> Disgusting. Okay, like so <laughs> little spiky hat stays <laughs> on the end. So unexpected romantic comedies. I do, I do watch quite a lot of romantic comedies. I got to be honest. Well, we were talking about this earlier, like because loads of films have a romantic plot. Like even yeah. films that are not considered romantic films, there's always a bit of romance thrown in there. Normally, um, Schindler's List does not, um, and that's all I could think of. A lot of war movies. War movies don't have time for love. Just a lot of killing. The Vietnam ones do. Vietnam soldiers always have um, a chick back at home. Yeah, or they or they meet some sweatshop worker who they carry home out of their life because <laughs> America came and saved the day. Because of, yeah, because of that. Well done, America. America. So you're kicking us off on uh, this week's episode, and you're starting with... Meet Joe Black. Have you seen Meet Joe Black? I haven't, actually. Ah. Which is surprising, because I love Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's a really good film. It's a bit long, I will say. Um, but it is good. Um, so, oh man, this means I have to give you a sort of spoiler-free analysis of the film. Um, Anthony Hopkins is in it as well. He's very good. Um, they're like the main two cats. Anyway, um, so Anthony Hopkins is a rich um, owner of a company. And, he's, um, and then he keeps hearing these voices in his head. Say basically saying you're gonna die soon, son. And turns out this is what happens to everyone when they're ill. And um he's like, Oh no, I'm gonna die soon. And then um it's so hard to explain. So um uh basically death appears in the form of Brad Pitt at Anthony Hopkins' house, right? Um, so Brad Pitt, the character, was a real person who Death just killed. He was like, I'm gonna take this body. And Death basically says, Look, I've been um up there, just or down there, whatever, like sort just killing people off, taking people to heaven or hell, sorting out death. And I've never actually experienced life. So um for the next couple of months before you die, can I just hang out with you and just see what it's like to live in the world? And it's like, you seem like a cool guy to do it with because you've got this loving family. You're a really successful businessman. You've got this amazing business. And Anthony Hopkins, understandably, is slightly sceptical. And he's he's like, hmm, yeah, death, you're a bit weird. But basically, death does hang out with him. And he says, look, hang out with me and you can live for a few more months. But during this time, death falls in love with Anthony Hopkins' daughter who lives with him, who's living there as well. I know. But 
what makes it a sort of unusual love story is because it's fucking death, right? That's not normal. And he's not used to, he doesn't understand the ways of the world. So you've got this Brad Pitt, who's obviously hot, <coughs> excuse me, just like walking around this mansion going, and he walks into the kitchens and he's like, what is peanut butter? And like, <laughs> it's the peanut butter. And he's just baffled by it all. And it's his innocence that makes her fall in love with him because even though he's deaf and he's got this dark edge to him, he actually he's actually quite loving. And it and ends up turning out that death isn't a horrible thing. It's something that he he's almost giving it as a present to these people. Do you know what I mean? And it makes him a really lovely character. And also there's a funny bit when he goes into a hospital and there's an old Jamaican lady who's dying. And when he speaks to her, because he's deaf and he just adapts himself to any whoever he's talking to. Brad Pitt becomes a proper raster when he's talking to this old lady, which is funny. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, solid choice. I, I love myself some Brad Pitt. I feel like I would follow a dark Brad Pitt to death any day. Exactly. And, um, and he's obviously a tip-top actor. Anthony Hopkins, tip-top actor. Um, that guy is in it as well. I don't know his name. You'll know who I mean. I don't know if anyone listening will. Um, you know, in something, the guy who's in there's something about Mary who mm-hmm. gets eat, gets eaten by his pet snake, who's like a, a reformed addict yes. who then goes back onto it. Bold guy with a moustache, right? Sort of big husky dude. Um, he's yeah. in this film as like the brother-in-law and he's brilliant in it, as he is in everything I've seen of it, which are those two films. Amazing. Oh yeah, I'm just looking at the cast now. I'm trying to find him. But yeah, some good people. In- I don't know why I've never watched this. Um... Because it, it's early Brad Pitt. It's it's one of the ones that kind of got him well-known and this kind of thing. And yeah, I I just don't know why it's never kind of grabbed me to put it on. It's good stuff. It's uh, You will enjoy it. We could maybe watch it together when we finally get to see each other in person. That'd be nice. That would be nice. We don't watch enough rom-coms together. We don't watch a lot of films together, to be honest. You know what we, we should do? So Net- Netflix has a function, right, where we could do a watch party. Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get it on. Let's get it on till the break of dawn. <laughs> Just you and me, distance, but watching rom-coms. That sounds yeah. like heaven to me. Pete Joe Black might be on. I, I don't know. It seems like the sort of film that'll be on Netflix. But we'll, yeah. um, if it is, we'll do it. And if not, we'll do something else. I wish there was a way for us to do this with live concerts so we could just get drunk. Oh, that'd be so good. I'd love YouTube. The YouTube was invented for live concerts. I love it. That will be an episode we'll be doing in the future, by the way. And uh, you'll all be bitterly disappointed. <laughs> so look forward to that episode. Um, any Anything else on, on Meet Joe Black? Is is it your favourite 90s rom-com? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's not my favourite 90s rom-com, but there's much more obvious rom-coms. I think um, Four Weddings and a Funeral is an absolute banger. That film holds up today as not only a rom-com, but, but just a com. It's just funny as fuck film. I think it's a really strong cast. Really like that film. Actually, thinking about it now, I just I like Hugh Grant. I like pretty much everything Hugh Grant's <laughs> in. He's a good man and a good actor. And I love that. I was watching interviews with him earlier. Do you remember in the 90s when he was caught with a prostitute? Yeah. I, I love how he just owned it. Like, no one ever does that, right? He was yeah. just like, he didn't apologise. He was like, yeah, it was a stupid thing to do, but I'm not going to pretend like... You know, I was on my own in America, wanted a blowjob. And so he sort of just owned it. I love that he did that. So, yeah, big up Hugh Grant. 
I like it for other reasons. <laughs> that's well, that's the number one. If we were doing a top reason. five reasons, that'd be number one. <laughs> uh, I like Hugh Grant now because obviously he's he's older and his looks have gone a little bit, and he's just he's a really good kind of character actor. Yeah, he does like good shit. I watched um, was it The Gentleman the other week? He was killer in that. Paddington Two. Don't mock me, people. He does right. a great role in that. Might be the role of his career. I think it might be. <laughs> I didn't want to go that far. Like, <laughs> you might berate me if I say it, but it is honestly Hugh Grant's best role. I think he's, yeah, I think he's amazing at it. Yeah, we love Hugh Grant, but uh, we, he's not in any of these films because he's an obvious rom-com person. Exactly. We need to laugh as well as feel during these. That's exactly. the difference. Who would you say is your, your favourite kind of rom-com lead? Would it be Hugh Grant? Of all the pretty boys. Yeah, I think, I think if you look at... Um, if you look at as the quality films that they've done, I don't think anyone has done more good films than Hugh Grant in the rom-com genre. Um, Ewan McGregor is one of my favourite actors. He's done some great romantic films. Um, but not many. For someone as good looking as him, he's done surprisingly few. But the ones he's done is good. You still haven't seen Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, have you? I haven't, no. It's a Sunday. It's a delight, Max. It's a Sunday afternoon delight. <laughs> Lovely. Maybe that's what I'll do on Sunday. I'll watch Meet Joe Black, I'll have Summer Fishing in Yemen, and I'll just have the best day ever. Do it. Lovely. Uh, Gerald Butler. Strong, Steve. Strong. Ger- is it a Gerard, not Gerald? <laughs> no, this if is the... Was... This is the opposite Canadian <laughs> This version. is his brother. <laughs> this is Gerald Butler. <laughs> Canadian star. Oh, yes, we love Gerald Butler. Yeah. Um, he, but no, I... I think ps i love you might be one of the worst um films i've ever seen in my life do you know what i hate the most i hate love actually i love love actually i know you do which is why i didn't want to say it but um it's it's just creepy and weird and no, odd th- no it's not All not, of the whole, them. Not, not the whole film you can't say you don't like love actually because it's like six or seven <laughs> mini films in a film, you can't have okay, okay, those okay. storylines. Okay, okay. So the Alan Rickman, it's not. Yeah, it's not, that's horrible, horrible man. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. it's not about Alan Rickman being a horrible man. I, let me just counteract each one as you go through them. It's not okay. about Alan Rickman being a horrible man. It's about Emma Thompson being a very strong woman and a very strong mother. No one deserves to hurt Emma Thompson. No, no I agree. No, I know, and I hate Alan Rickman to this day. When he died, I laughed. Because I was so happy that um, he wouldn't be hurting Emma Thompson anymore. But he, no, it's a, it's about Emma Thompson, that storyline. It's about loving her. Carry on. I, I just can't get over her being hurt. Uh, what's the other one? The, the Prime Minister falling in love with some common girl? Please. <laughs> Never going to happen. But that's all right, because she's quite fit. And it's Hugh Grant, so that's fine. And we've yeah, already okay. established Hugh Grant's awesome. Uh, and obviously... Billy Bob Thornton plays the president. Billy Bob Thornton's great. Obviously, the creepy. We all know why the, the stealing. Imagine if I did that to you. Like I went to oh, Bobby the, the and the had like dead guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's just. Yeah, no, that's not odd. I agree. That is all the, the police. Biggest, yeah, that's horrific. And the fact that she was into it is like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that's that's horrible. I agree with you. Horrible. Part Recently of the film. married. Come on. Yeah. Um. Then there's the the little kid, and then is it that, Hugh Jackman? He enables that. No, no, kid. no. It's, it's Liam Neeson. Not Hugh Liam Jackman. Neeson. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. No. The little kid who is um the kid who's also in Nanny McPhee and was recently in The Queen's Gambit and uh, with a mustache 
and he yeah. actually looked quite cool. Yeah, um, he's turned into a very attractive young man. If you don't mind me bloody well saying, don't mind if I bloody well do. Rough, wow. but, uh, but um, anyway, yeah, when he was in, that annoyed me a bit because he learned how to play drums really well in like a week, which it takes at least a fortnight. Okay, and um, then. But that was all right. He was trying to impress a bird. We've all been like that at school. Just want to impress a Yeah, but you don't get your hopes up and run to run to airports. Chill like This is more of that kind of rom-com, like... <laughs> this was post 9-11 as well, and he properly... Oh, he, he just... He, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. He would have been shot in the face if it was real life. Kids aren't terrorists, which is why ISIS needs to start hiring more children. So... <laughs> <laughs> what what else don't you like about Love Actually? That's because there's so much more to it. What about the son from my family who goes to america and meets all the hot girls that's a brilliant part just goes banging it's not, yeah it's, not it's amazing yeah it's awesome and right. bill bill nye as the pop star your dad and phobia yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, which is which is brilliant let's get pissed and watch porn one of the most iconic lines from any film ever there yeah there's just nothing romantic about that film whatsoever it's, it's a great film i'm sure there's another storyline that i'm missing just trying to find one oh, um, Tim from The Office, Martin Freeman, and um, Stacy from Gavin and Stacy doing the porn. Um, really like they're like buffers. They're like no, they're they're like camera people for porn. So they're like yeah. awkwardly meeting and chatting whilst they're naked and simulating sex, which is funny and good, and I like it. I imagine you'd make a good fluffer. I think I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So my number four is Groundhog Day. Have you watched Groundhog Day? I have never seen Groundhog Day, wow. and I feel a bit bad admitting that because it's like should be the sort of thing I've seen, right? It's yeah, 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 Murray, like, right? Eighty is it? Eighties, eighty cinema, uh, like or yes. early nineties, maybe, but early nineties. Okay, well, I sort of I have always viewed it as an eighties film, and I'm obviously that's my thing. I love eighties cinema uh, mm-hmm. um, and nineties, to be fair, and um, yeah, never got round to Groundhog Day, ironically. I mean, Harold Ramey's Bill Murray, Andy McDowell. It, it might as well just be nineteen eighty seven at this point. So exactly. yeah, I think that's fair. Basically, for people who don't know, just included, it is a movie about a television weatherman who goes to a town to the Groundhog Day festivities, because in America they feel like a tiny rodent can predict whether winter will stay for another couple of weeks or it will go away. God bless that country. They're um, magical. So every day, Phil, the weatherman, he awakes to Sonny and Cher's I Got You Babe on the clock radio, and he's got to do this report, and he just gets stuck in this never-ending groundhog day loop of of days never ending and he meets his he doesn't meet she's part of the television crew uh that he tries to kind of win over and wants to be romantically first he just wants to hook up with andy mcdowell who wouldn't but then he starts falling in love with her um and repeats every day until he can find a way to impress her again this is kind of going very much to the extreme of the waiting outside someone's window. This is a guy literally every day trying to find out more tidbits of information about a woman to trick her into loving him by him knowing everything about her. It's a very like Jesse Benz-esque tactic. Like 50 First Dates? Yes. Same sort of vibe, yeah, except without the memory loss. Without the memory loss. He remembers everything every day. And she yeah. doesn't, and he, she's like, you like this... Japanese poetry too. That's amazing. Um, well, and I like that. I like that you know that's my style. My style is to um, before I meet someone, find them on social media, stalk everything that they've done, mm-hmm. 
like everything they've ever posted and then slyly slip into conversation things that they did in like 2008. I remember when we were like 16 and you were going to go meet a girl and you 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 practice conversation with me like you, you yeah, planned yeah. a conversation that yep. you're going to have with her. Worst thing that your your enemy when you're trying to chat someone up is awkward silences, right? So you just need to eradicate awkward silences, which basically means you need to script the entire afternoon. So that's, so that's what I did. I just thought, right, okay. So I came up with subject points. This isn't weird. This is like a good tip. Came up with subject points and things to talk about. And then it's like, okay, and then I'll ask her this and she'll reply. And then when she's done, I can then move on and talk about this and this, even if she just gives me like a couple of word answers, this will comfortably last a few hours. And I basically wrote the great British novel of like just conversation points and things to move on to. And it and it worked. Every time I've done that, it has worked without fail because they go, oh, what an interesting guy. He's charismatic. He sort of always has something to talk about. He must, his brain must be working really quickly. No, he's just a good rehearser. She starts talking about like I don't know her fourth cousin, and you're like, no, no, you're going off script. You're going off script. <laughs> I'm not talking about that right now. That's on page twelve. <laughs> come here, come here. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's weird, Crom, is when he practices it with his best friend before he goes and meets women, where he's like, I'm, I never, I'm, I never practiced it with Crommy. <gasps> <laughs> That's the end of God till five, everyone. <laughs> but yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, when I was rehearsing it with you, that maybe got a bit weird. But I needed to know, like, because because if you were going to throw me a curveball, sure as shit she would, right? So I just had to make sure. That's true. We were just keeping each other bouncing. Keeping each other bouncing. Yeah. Um. So we find out that, because they've tried to figure out how long Phil actually stays in this in this world, Um. The director says 10 years, but someone actually translated that it's actually 12,395 days. So he spends 33 years trying to win this woman over. He lives the same day over and over again. What I love about this movie is it does show the dark side where he does try and commit suicide for quite a while. Nice. A lot of um, 80s cinema does very nonchalantly and sort of jokingly um, have suicide scenes or attempted yeah. suicide scenes. A lot of eighty cinema. Yeah, and and this is um, you know it's him jumping off the bow tower. It's him driving a truck off a cliff into a ravine. Properly, you know, showing stuff. And it's just like <laughs> he's miserable in his existence. This is great. <laughs> but That's he learns good. all of these skills. He learns ice sculpting. He learns to read poetry. He learns different languages. He learns um, dance, the piano, all of this kind of stuff, just to win this girl over. <laughs> What? Just he learns dance. dance. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to be dance. I thought that was going to be like a guitar or something. He learns <laughs> magic. <laughs> we could do this forever. Oh, so but would you spend thirty-three years or even ten years trying to win over the same woman? How hot is she in the film? Uh, it's it's Andy McDowell, so pretty hot. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, no, I wouldn't. No, I feel like you would, because we've all gone, we've criticised the guys that go too far and should know when to leave a girl alone, but we've all done it where we've, you know, persisted. 
And I blame movies for that, where we go, no, no, I can win her over. I can win her heart. Um, At the end of the day, any person I've ever been romantically attracted to or tried to pursue has never been better than this guy. <laughs> to our audio listeners, he's holding up his wanking hand. <laughs> his wanking hand, which is like what it's called. Not my right hand, it's my yeah. wanking hand. Yeah. Wanking hand and stranger hand. That's, that's how Jesse <laughs> defines them. Yeah, but it's still a dude's hand. Would you get a hand transplant for a lady? Well, a, little, a little dainty lady hand. Yeah, that'd be quite nice, actually. Like Frankenstein. Yeah. But yeah, like reverse Frankenstein. That'd be yeah. good. Um, but the point I was making is we've all kind of done that uh, to a degree, but there comes a point where you go, ah, I can't be bothered. She's not interested anymore. Yeah, well, the, the the version of it nowadays is like DMing, right? Or texting or whatever. Like, And it's... I don't know, maybe I'm autistic, but it can be quite hard to read. Um, um, it can be quite hard to read how they're res- like actually taking your messages. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously it's words and not you can't see their faces and they're not talking. So sometimes you could carry on persisting when you really shouldn't because you can't understand how they're feeling about the whole situation. That's, that's where like ghosting honor. came from. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with ghosting. I think if someone's being a bit much, even if they're being nice, if they just go on a bit, which can happen, I think ghosting isn't a bad thing. What about straight up ghosting, though? You know, where you just like end a conversation. Do you give warning first? Like, hey, sorry, this isn't working out. And then if they persist, do you do the no. ghost? Or do you just well, straight I, go in? I ghosted someone this week, and it's, it's not a romantic thing, but I, I stupidly posted a comment on... Um, a, a football group that I've been in Facebook for my football team and just commented something um, and pop, popped up a picture of me in the kit because the game was about to begin and stuff. And then this very nice, I'm sure, but simple <laughs> um, <laughs> woman started messaging me and just wouldn't. St- and at first I was like, yeah, like, you know, the game's on. Was like, oh, that was nearly a goal, you know, sort of just chatting another fan of the same club. And then she just wouldn't stop. It just kept going and going and sending me picture and picture and picture of her stupid face. And eventually I just had to go, I like completely ghosted that. And I, But I think that's a fair enough thing to do because like, how how can you stop that? You just can't stop that. You could just say, please stop messaging me. <laughs> that's, or, that's almost worse than ghosting them, I think, because that would hurt her feelings. And that because she's obviously not all there, she'll just forget and just move on to something else. The type of women you attract, Jesse. <laughs> God, I love them. West Brom fans. I think, yeah, I think it maybe it's the yeah part of the country that um, just has that sort of people in it. Hey, I used to live in Birmingham for a very long time. Not Birmingham. It's not in Birmingham. It's in the Black Country, my friend. Ah, yes. Then no, your analogy is completely, completely justified. <laughs> So Groundhog Day lives the same life over and over and over again to try and impress a girl. And yeah, you, you just kind of get into a lot of the kind of philosophical meanings as well. And that repetitive, we can be very frank and be like, you know, this is the life we're living at the moment of uh, Groundhog Day, because it does feel like that sometimes. And it's horrendous. So that's my depressing end to that story. That's very nice. I look forward to watching that film one day. I think you'd like it. I think you would like it. Because who doesn't love Bill Murray? Exactly. Yeah. Name name me someone. Somebody who doesn't like Bill Murray. Um, I bet Steve hates Bill Murray. Yeah, I bet he does. He loves Gerald Butler. 
Gerald. <laughs> Gerald the Butler Ger- just sounds wrong. Gerald. Gerald is the unsexiest name in the world. Keith. Keith. Yeah, Keith isn't great, is it? I'm trying to think of anyone cool called Keith. There isn't anyone really, is no. it? No. Keith Richard, I guess, but he's just called because oh, yeah. he does a lot of drugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce, I always thought, was a bit of a lame name. But then the boss, Bruce Springsteen, is obviously super cool. Bruce Wayne yeah. is Batman. Um, so there's a lot, even though Bruce is a bit of a square name, there's a lot of cool Bruces. I think you could break, I think you could work it. Like, you can work Bruce. Yeah, you need to name your firstborn child Bruce. That's been Bruce decided. Uh, of course he does. There you go. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Bill Murray is a national treasure to the world. <sighs> I'm still not over it, Jesse, because everyone goes on about, like, oh, Tom Hanks is the best, and Tom Hanks is great. But I'll be sadder when Bill Murray dies. No, I'm sorry. I'm, p- I'm picking Tom Hanks over Bill Murray. Why? Because he's brought us so many characters that we love. He brought us Forrest Gump. He brought us Woody from Toy Story. I'm not, I'm not denying that these were all fantastic movies, but I will be sadder when Bill Murray dies. I should have had Forrest Gump as one of mine on today's. Would you call that a obvious rom-com? Jenny! Jenna. I guess because Jenny is, is kind of a... Sl- it's the catalyst. <laughs> were you about to say she's kind of a slut? <laughs> no, I said she's the catalyst. <laughs> I thought you said she's kind of a slut. <laughs> so she's kind of a massive hoe. No, she's the catalyst for like a lot of Tom Hanks, um, Forrest Gump's stuff. But like, she's not the main bit, is she? No, she's not the main bit, but that's okay. Like, um, it's just a nice love story. But then she gets all aidsy. She does get all aidsy. How does he not get the aids? Jumbo. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he did get the AIDS. How do we know he didn't? Um, yeah, good point. But get, I don't know. Is this the right time to discuss AIDS and whether you can pass it on to children through through childbirth? And there must be kind of fan theories for this. Did you know that there's a Forrest Gump two, a book? Yes. And he goes to space. Does all us all sorts. I've never read it, but yeah, obviously the film did so well, the author was like, right, I need to cash in on this bitch and wrote a Forrest Gump too. But yeah, Forrest Gump goes to space. I I need to have this in my life. Should we have like a little book club? Should we do a little book book club? Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Reading terrible sequels to... (laughs) Book sequels to movies. That sounds like pure hell. Yeah. I bet there's a lot though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, Jim Carrey is number one he obviously trumps above all because he went crazy and then he went back to being normal and it turns out he was actually sane all along what nothing no that's fine yeah nothing that's what i thought jesse i just don't think comparing jim carrey a comedy actor to tom hanks an oscar-winning like world-class actor is fair really it's just it's two different things no yeah I, i agree with that I will not. I will not fight you on that issue. Your number three is Scott Pilgrim versus That Wild. Now, I didn't realize that this film is actually um, a bit of a divider with people. Like for for everyone who absolutely loves it, there's someone who fucking hates it with a passion. Like which I didn't really realize. How do you feel about Scott Pilgrim versus the World? I've been in both camps because at first I did not get the hype and I was like, ah, this is shit. I don't like it. And then a couple of years later, it's one of my faves now. I love watching right? it. It's it's like one of my comfort films. It's yeah, one of exactly. those films I could watch it any time. It's a proper popcorn film. Just it makes me feel happy. 
So what I like about this film is that even though Scott Pilgrim is the main character and presented as quite a meek sort of um, gentle um, character, he's dripping with clunge because he's got um, knives that he's dating to start with. And then Ramona Flowers comes along and there's um, and there's talk. Okay. Yeah, and well, no, there's more because his ex is um, from the devil at um, whatever they're called, that band. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, and also um, the drummer's in love with him from Scott's band. That's all mm -hmm. referenced. Uh, so everyone loves Scott, which I can, now that I'm saying it out loud, I can kind of see why this film did so well because there's a bunch of nerds out there like us going, yeah, he's getting all the pussy. It's like, and he looks just like us. This is awesome. But um, he, He's, so he's he's doing well for himself, and the whole film is actually about Scott's struggle with finding the right one. And just because someone's fitter doesn't mean that they're necessarily the right one for you long term. And obviously, there's a lot other stuff going on in the film, like obviously loads of video game references and all the fighting and special effects and stuff, which is all beautifully done and hasn't aged a jot. When you watch it now, it still looks amazing. True. Um, Except for the um, Indian guy who is the first evil ex when he's got those devil women around him. They look terrible, but everything else looks awesome. Uh, we've got Chris Evans as the skateboarding movie star as well. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, yes, thank you, Steve, for appreciating that pick. It is set in Toronto. You're right. I've got the mangas behind me. And um, I just I just think it's a lovely, lovely film. And that it's an unorthodox romance because the character Scott Pilgrim is so not your romantic lead. Um, obviously, like, Knives is a good-looking girl. Ramona Flowers, um, specific, like, I think the actress is incredibly hot, but as in character as Ramona Flowers is just next level, like, possibly one of the hottest people I've ever seen in my life, um, which helps. And it's, it's all good stuff. Uh, question from the audience. Thoughts on the video game? I love the video game. Uh, there's a little bit too much grinding for my like, um, but it's really good. It was re-released on Switch recently, so I've been enjoying it again. But I have to say, I enjoyed it more 10 years ago. But um, you've never played it, have you, Max, the video I game? I have not. It's really good. It's kind of like, um, imagine Streets of Rage. Um, so like 2D, left to right, beating people up. It's just like Streets of Rage, but it's got an RPG element because you're leveling up your characters as well. And um, you're, when you level up your characters, you learn new moves, so new button combinations, sort of think Mortal Kombat and things like that, to get a new combo in. Um, but you have to be a certain level to get it. But the levels don't move as quick as your... Or the levels move quicker than your levels, I should say. So you'll be... If you just plow through the levels, you will very quickly be out of your depth. You need to replay the same levels over and over mm. again to level your character up in order to prepare them for the next level, if you see what I mean. So it yeah. is good. It's grindy, but it's very, very good. And I'm not much for a grindy person, but uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. And uh, you're spot on with uh, Ramona Flowers. I've come to learn that every woman I find attractive is in this movie. Like Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona Flowers, Aubrey Plaza is in this movie. It's uh, Julie Powers. You've got Anna Kendrick. You've got Brie Larson. So basically, any brown haired actress is what I what I like. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is currently dating Ewan McGregor, who is um, another love of my life. So that's just like this beautiful honeypot that yeah. I can look at from afar. And it, it's more attractive in this movie because she's 
emotionally distant and uh, cold, which really speaks to me uh, for what I'm attracted to. So and colorful hair and colorful hair. Yeah, it, it, mental some... damage and colorful hair. Yeah, it's it's something I learned about myself a while ago, and it's probably something I should talk to someone about. But you know, who has the money? Because I also yeah. um... <laughs> also like say it quietly. I might have mentioned it before, but um, like bad mental health usually improves fellatio in my experience it's not a good thing it's not a good thing <laughs> like it's just a fact okay i'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing i'm just saying it's a fact we should do like weekly t-shirts with just like the <laughs> quote of the episode that people can kind of grab and i, th- I think that's the one i think that's the yeah, one that's for this week yeah who, who wouldn't want that branded across their chest yeah and then we'll just put a little text at the bottom it's not a good thing <laughs> So if anyone has an issue, you'd be like, I know, check, check. That <laughs> yeah. Not promoting that, I'm warning people. Gosh. When I say bad mental health, I mean like emotionally damaged people. I don't mean people with Down syndrome and that. <laughs> I can't, I can't even speculate on that. We have to backpedal because we're in front of people. Um, I hope that none of these are ever damaging to my career. <laughs> you're, you've got a lot more to lose than me, mate. I do. That's that's why you're kind of the loose cannon, and I'm just like I did say that ISIS should recruit children earlier. So you know, oh, yeah. I'm doing it to myself. Specifically, Nanny McPhee's child. <laughs> that one child <laughs> should be recruited. Uh, so yeah, Scott Pemberton's word very colourful. Um, you're not normally one for colour. Bright no, light. You're right. Yeah, I don't like brightness, do I? Generally speaking, but um, I don't know. Yeah, there's something nice about it. It is bright, but it's retro as well. That's what I like about it. It's got a 90s flavour to it. And the name Sex Bomb is uh, probably my favourite band name ever. Sex Bomb is good. I also um, collect Scott Pilgrim t-shirts. I don't know if you know Do this you? about me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, every t-shirt he wears, bar one, which is no longer available, and I'm desperately looking for it all the time. That every t-shirt Scott Pilgrim own. Which one are you missing? The green Smashing Pumpkins one. It's yeah. a green t-shirt and it's got the little lighter green heart on it. Um, they're all the same style. They're all ringed t-shirts. So they've got rings around the sleeve and rings around the neck. Um, and yeah, I've got all of them except that one. Nice. Oh, so this is a really weird message that's popped up. <laughs> Jez what? looked down. just... <laughs> Terrified there's going to be a fist that comes through there. (laughs) Is he just, is he under my desk? (laughs) (laughs) Always watching. Uh, Oh my God. So much pain. Scott Pilgrim is an excellent, excellent choice. Thank you, darling. Um, Wonderful, wonderful stuff. My next pick is a dear favourite of ours, but one that has it aged well? Could it be made today? No, it couldn't. American Pie. Ah, that's specifically the first film you're talking about Specifically here. the first one, because the other one I, is just continuations of relationships. No, not true. Um, I I would put the second one, if I was doing your list, if I was you, I would have put um, American Pie 2 as this one, because that's not the continuation of relationships. That is when Jim and Lily from How I Met Your Mother, can't remember her name, in American Pie, um, when they actually get together. So they have their... They have their sort of prom day and one night stand in American Pie. But American yeah. Pie 2, she's helping him chat up um, foreign girl, Jim. And Nadia. Um, Nadia. <clears throat> and the, but then through that, he they fall in love with each other. So American Pie 2 is actually the main love story. Thank you. Good night. 
Goodbye, everybody. No, like, yeah, it's hard to argue with that, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then that's what we put in the back of the t-shirt. <laughs> so I, I agree to a sense, um, but also could you not argue that this is the start of the relationship? So it's the the chasing and the him realizing that he he really likes Michelle. And also you've got He doesn't Hitler's... he doesn't like her at any point. She's the annoying girl in class who's like, there's one time at Band Camp, there's one time at Band Camp. He's run, he's tried to get dates with everyone else and failed. So he goes, fuck it, do you want to come to prom with me? And she's like, yeah, fine. And it's not until they're at the prom later, she says, one time at Band Camp, I put a flute in my pussy. And then he's like, oh, cool. So she's sexy. That helps because we want to get laid tonight. That's like the whole deal of the film. So they do. She fucks off. Do you remember? He wakes up and he's like, oh, I was used. She's gone. Awesome. Yeah. Um. No love there at all. He has no romantic feelings for her whatsoever in the first film. This is exactly what I'm saying. This is why my number two pick is American Tattoo. <laughs> like, if you just listen, Jesse, for once. <laughs> Jesus. American Pie 2 is, is the real love story of all of this. But in American Pie 1, there is a beautiful love story between um, Allstriker and um, his girlfriend, isn't there? That's the true love story of American that's, Pie. That's the true love story. That is the true love story that goes on. <laughs> And also Stifler's mum and uh, and Finch. Finchy, yeah. Yeah, they initially when they first get together. So there's 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 a lot of stuff going on in American Pie one or two. And it's <laughs> yeah, it and I know with how people kind of look at it now, and it's like, oh, it's just four guys trying to get laid. There's there's like no romance stuff in there, but there is. They're, they're, they're just they are nerdy guys. I know you've got like um, two jocks in there and stuff, but they're you know, Oz is a nerd at the end of the day, and Stifler's a bit of an outcast from from everyone. He's popular, but I did, yeah, I yeah. Well, Stifler only gets about. I think we've talked about this before. He gets about ten minutes of airtime in the first film. Yeah, he's really not in it much at all. He's just sort of these brief comic reliefs. And obviously, the film came out, and his bits became so popular that he became a big role in America by Two, Three, and Reunion, and all that. Um, but no, I think maybe it's because we loved them when we were kids. But to me, they aren't nice. Um, to me, they are um, stupid films and silly films, like you said. But there is heart behind them. that yeah. Other films in that ilk don't have the heart and emotion that American Pie does. And maybe it's being an awkward male as well. I think being a girl, you wouldn't necessarily like you would look at it and go, oh, they're being like, you know, that's horrible. The boys act like that. But sadly, they do. So and, and we sort of appreciate and accept that. And so then we can like them, having looked over the whole just trying to bag chicks as a gentleman's agreement thing. Yeah. But then they end up finding love with, you know, Oz was always in love with with What's the Face. Um, you know, there's me respecting women, remembering names. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I can't remember her name. But she was in the, the music video for um, Wheatus's Teenage Dirtbag with Jim. Heather. Yeah, Heather. There you go. Heather. Um, and then obviously Jim is in love with Nadia, but he ends up finding um stuff with Michelle in the end, get gets married, and then you've got Finch and Stifler's mum. Finch and Stifler's mum. Finch's... And um uh what's the name of is it Kevin? Oh short, Kevin. Mate. Kevin and uh, yeah, he's in the long term relationship with Tara Reed's character. And um But Kevin is the creepy one in this movie, or or in number two, I should say more specifically, he's the guy who you know, Vicky says we're just going to be friends, and he 
still tries to pursue it, even though she's like, we're just friends, Kev. So yeah, that's that is, yeah, it's not cool. She was hot, and that's a shame. Um, and um, Jessica is super hot in those films as well. I like yes. Jessica, like the yes. friend, and she was even hotter in Orange is the New Black. Yeah, because she got crazier. She got crazy leather, which I was into. Ah, <laughs> oh, you have a way with words that I love. <laughs> but it's, and I, I think there is that kind of male camaraderie that kind of comes with these movies and you kind of look on nostalgically it's always i always get that feeling when you know at the end of the movie it's here's to the next step yeah like i always remember when when we were at weddings or something or when we were like a group of friends uh like i think it was aaron's wedding or something when we're all dancing and it was just like that end of from where you just give like little thumbs up or the drinks (laughs) i don't know it's just like a little it's just like and then everyone's just one of them. It. And then yeah. everyone's like, why does four guys just nodding at each other <laughs> repeatedly in a circle in slow motion? Like Homer and Skinner when they're talk- trying to find the cat burglar. Do you remember that bit in The Simpsons when yeah. they're just nodding at each other? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, here's, here's the next step. But, uh, yeah, America Excellent Pie, choice. I think, is great. The soundtrack is amazing. We get Blink-182 cameras. Oh, man! Soundtrack, yeah, you're right. The soundtrack for the first two films and half of the third film is solid. Really, really good tunes. I think American Pie 2 has the best one. I'm just looking now and it's like Alien Ant Farm, Blink, Green Day, American Hi-Fi, Sum 41, Phoenix TX. It's just so good. Lit is in there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That, It's it's films like this that shaped our musical taste as kids, without a doubt. This and Tony Hawk games. Yeah, we were the early 2000s pop punk was cool and i'm so thankful that it was because we had american pie we had jackass and we had skateboarding exactly what, yeah what, it was perfect what better way to raise children good fine men are raised on <laughs> i mean you might be able to tell from the room i'm currently sitting in that i have trouble letting go <laughs> <laughs> yeah just a bit just a bit yeah, yeah. so Oh, I love American Pie. And just, I, yeah, I often get a rewatch, uh, an urge just to kind of rewatch all of them. And I still think one, two, three, and even Reunion, when they all get back together, they're all, all four are good because just the cast is good. I've never seen Reunion. Mm-hmm. Do I need to watch it? I think you do. Like, obviously, it's different to, to the others, but it's when you get to like, <clears throat> a certain age because we're old now and your back hurts whenever you turn a corner you relate to movies the movies differently like one and two is nostalgia number three is kind of more current for where we're at with like friends getting married and now a lot of our friends are kind of married and dead to us so (laughs) now we're kind of at that reunion stage where you're like you're meeting up with friends and you're seeing how they're doing so I i think it resonates yeah i agree so watch it, man. All right, I'll watch but don't it watch really. any of the others. Anyone else? Uh, Bang Camp. There's a new one that just came out literally last week of Girls oh, really? Rule, which is American Pie but with girls because Hollywood can't come up with any interesting stories of their own for female characters. Is Eugene Levy in it? Because I know f- for a long time he held the record as being the only person to be in every single American Pie film. But who plays Jim's dad for anyone who uh, does it, but he's obviously had tremendous success relatively recently with Shit's Creek. So I don't know if he 
off the back of you know the success of Shit's Creek, I don't know if he would have bothered going back to an American Pie film, or does he want to keep that record as being the only dude in every American Pie film? Oh, it has been released without Eugene Levy. Oh no, the streak is broken. So this movie is double dead to me. No, yeah, no Eugene Levy, no Likey. <laughs> the first article is how dare they make an American Pie movie without Eugene Levy. <laughs> I will now read verbatim for you all. <laughs> I agree. Paul. I love Eugene Levy. Do you, did you watch Shit's Creek? This is so many words. This is like a full. <laughs> Someone's no, really angry. You'd, you'd love Shit's Creek. You should watch it after you, you watch Cobra Kai. And I've watched two episodes and I did not love it. Get Carry on. Push through. It, it, trust me, it gets better. Yeah. It's a slow burner, but it needs to be watched. Okay. So many of those shows, though, that are always so frustrating when everyone's like, I just get through the first two seasons and you'll love it. It's like... No, not seasons, just episodes. Cobra Kai, though, I keep fucking saying to you, watch Cobra Kai. Just do it. That's that's. You like gonna... Karate Kid? There's no reason not to watch it. I know, I know, I know, Jesse. I know this fact about life. But it, it, it's like the, the last book you're going to read before you die. It's the last show I'm going to watch in lockdown. Why are you neglecting yourself so much happiness? Because I'm miserable. Let's give yourself some happiness. <laughs> okay, we uh, we have we've actually spoken quite a lot today. This, normally we're we're done uh, to the number ones at the half an hour mark, but I think he, we got distracted with Hugh Grant and went and talked about him for about twenty five <laughs> minutes. That was a good twenty minutes <laughs> of Hugh Jackman and uh, yeah, you and McGregor. Hugh Grant, not Hugh Jackman. Hugh Grant, Hugh Jackman, though. What a I, I watched uh, the X Men movies. Uh, again recently, X-Men oh, the, 1. The original ones? Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I watched X-Men 1, and then I was like, no, I'm going to do it in chronological order. So now I've watched first class. I'm going to go through them all in order. Nice. I was so obsessed with X-Men 2 when that came out when I was a kid. I was well into um, uh, Pyro. I thought he was rad. And um, that's like, if I was a mutant, that's probably what I'd end up being. And it just like someone who just sets fires and stuff at will. Like, I remember that. you liking the little Toad guy. Yeah, I fucking love Toad. He's not in it enough, though. He's only in the first film for a little bit, and he? he gets a good moment with Toad. Do you know who Toad is? Yes, he is Darth Maul, which he I discovered literally the other day. And oh, I went, really? Yeah. Oh, I was going to wow you with that. Yeah, Toad is Darth Maul. And there's a bit in X-Men when he spins a pole around, because he obviously got the skills. But... um. He, yeah, Toad was awesome. Uh, Nightcrawler, I really like as well. Yeah. Um, old Big Nightcrawler fan. Yeah. Um, uh, and the chick with the, the 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 Lady Wolverine with the long fingernails, the metal fingernails in X Men Two. Oh yeah. X Men seen... Two, I've seen the least, but it's the best one. It's the best. Yeah, it's a really really good film. I know. So I'm looking forward to getting to that point. Um, Have you and... seen the clip? Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say Storm in X-Men 1 is ridiculously hot. Oh, oh. yeah, super hot. Halle Belle. Halle, um, Belle. Halle She's the only saving grace of um, Die Another Day, the 20th James Bond film as well. Pierce Brosnan's last one, which is not a good film, but Halle Berry is the Bond girl in it, and she's super cool in that. Hot. Um, and hot. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Hugh Jackman. I don't know. <laughs> Um, have you seen the clip of Hugh Jackman when he's um, on like a red carpet for some something or other, and um, he gets interviewed by someone, and um, 
he asked him a question about the film and he goes, um, oh, bloody blah. But more importantly, have you been keeping up your physical education? because oh, he used to be the teacher. And, yeah, 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 yeah. It turns out that he was the PE teacher of this journalist when um, the journalist was a kid and he remembered him all these years later. It's a sweet, sweet moment. I thought it was nice. I, I think Hugh Jackman is one of the purest people in the world. And so he is gorgeous, first of all. <laughs> Talented. Hello. Hello. He can sing. He can dance. He, he's just, he does it all, man. Make a laugh. <laughs> That's what I do whenever I say something in a room, which is quite often, and everything just goes south, like, and everyone's all awkward and quiet. I just go, <laughs> make a laugh. laugh. <laughs> and then I just leave the room like that. Oh, uh, I don't know who influences whose personality more. Because <laughs> I too have done that on occasion. <laughs> um, so, uh, that, uh, oh, don't worry, This I'll, we'll talk about this another time. Move on! Okay, your number one pick for best unexpected romantic comedy, whatever we're calling this episode, is Zombieland, which um, I only rewatched recently, um, only for the second time, I think. Um, I watched it on Halloween. It was my Halloween film of choice. Excellent choice. And I um, completely forgot, you almost forget that um, that there is an underlying love story with, um, it's Jesse Eisenberg, isn't it? And yeah, um, Emma Stone. Yeah, and do you not like Jesse Eisenberg? No, he's got a weird face. Why? And also, I've got I've got to the point now where everyone says the Social Network is such a good movie that I now hate that movie for how good everyone says it is. I've even though it is a good it. movie. I've, I, I can't judge. Is it Justin Timberlake in that? Yeah, that's weird. A- Andrew Garfield, odd group. Sp- Spider Man, the, the bad Spider Man. Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's in Facebook. Spider-Man made Facebook on the web. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Thank you. Thank you, Meg. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, uh, I think it's a good film. And uh, Zombieland, that is. Um, I think Zombieland's a good film. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's fine in it. Um, Woody Harrelson is brilliant in it. Um, I like that it's not... Again, because this is an unexpected or not your typical love stories. Emma Stone isn't a damsel in distress. He's kind of the damsel in distress, right? Which I quite like. He sort of needs these strong people around him to look after him, one of which is her. And she kicks ass. And as does her little sister, who um, her little sister is um, the little girl from Little Miss Sunshine, isn't she? Who's probably not a little girl anymore because they're they're very old films. (laughs) We're old men now. Um, But yeah, she's she's cool as well. Um, But I like it's not your orthodox love story. Um, zombies are cool. It's kind of an American Shaun of the Dead in many ways, isn't it? You actually, yeah. it may be when you gave me Shaun of the Dead as an example earlier when you were explaining this concept to me and uh, what you said Shaun of the Dead. I was like, oh, that, yeah, that's zombie land. So it's like a Hollywood Shaun of the Dead, which I quite like. Um, and Bill Murray's in it. We've come full circle. Bill, Bill Murray Murray's. as himself in his mansion. That's an awesome bit of the film. Yeah, that's that's such a highlight. And it's also, I, I said I ragged on kind of Jesse Eisenberg, but he is perfect for this movie for that kind of timid little thing that he is. is perfect you know, co- for this movie. Co- coincidentally, um, the other person who would have played that role amazingly is Baby Boy from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Would have um, smashed this as well. Yeah. Nervous, uh, nervous skinny American actors was, was peak during the late 2000s. We couldn't get that? enough of them. No. Well, that's because that's what we all were. So we just needed people to relate to, didn't we? I can't look at Chris Evans and relate or, um, I don't know, 
Thor. What's his name? Who plays Thor? All of the questions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what was that film um, where everyone played themselves and it was the end of the world and it had Seth Rogen in it? This is the end. This is the end, yeah. Michael Sarah in that at the start. Do you remember when they walk in on him in the bathroom and he's getting sucked off and rimmed by two women? <laughs> With like a juice box or something. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. Uh, it is, yeah, that is a damn good movie. And I, I think you're right with Zombieland. It is a rom com one. Um, and yeah, Sean of the Dead is, is as well for people who want to argue. He's going to, he's doing all of that so he can be reunited with his ex-girlfriend. Fight us in the chats. But Zombieland is them kind of going through this horrible thing and realizing that they, they like each other and they care for yeah, each other. It's nice. And there was, apparently there was a Zombieland 2. There is Zombieland Double Tap, and I've not watched it because I love Zombieland, and I'm like, ooh, do we want to taint it? Yeah, I feel a bit like that too. Are they going to go to space like Forrest Gump? Oh, I can only hope. Zombies in space needs to happen a lot more. Does it exist? Zombieland's in space? Oh, God, yeah. Zombies in space? It does yeah. exist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought we just a... stumbled across a gap in the market that we could exploit. No, there's a great one about Nazi zombies on the moon. Uh <laughs> They went one step further. <laughs> they're, they're thinking four-dimensional <laughs> chess, man. There's a story about there was like a secret Nazi moon base, um, and they they were like zombies, and but they were experimenting with each other, and they were building their army to then take back over the Earth uh, from the moon. That's so cool. That, that that basically that's the same as. Do you remember the South Park episode when they show how Family Guy write their episodes and it's the manatees that <laughs> like roll the balls, yeah. the subject balls. And just that's basically what that is, isn't it? Like Nazi zombie mood. Right, cool. We can work with this. I think we should do that. We really should shitty write, writing prompts. Yeah, just write random shit like put it all in a hat and pick some out, and then just make a story around it. It'd be amazing. I bet we could come up with some. I bet we could come up with some incredible worlds. Easily. Easily. Let's do it. Let's, do it. Let's do it. Bye, Let's everyone. Out. Yeah. No, the rest of the podcast is just us typing really quietly, just researching. <laughs> <laughs> and then just giggling about it. <laughs> All right. I accept that challenge. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Like Underworld, um, wrestlers made of Oh, you can't... You can't, you, you can't give a... Oh, yeah, you can't get... Yeah, okay, yeah, you just need three words, don't you, to yeah. make it... All right, we'll work on this. We'll Underworld on. wrestlers. Oh, it's quite difficult, isn't it, when you look around your room? Mm. Not a lot of inspiration in here. <laughs> we'll come oh. up with it. All right, we'll stay tuned, up. people. Me and Jesse yeah. are going viral. Because you know what I want to do for, for, like, a new podcast idea that takes a lot of work? Oh, go on. But, like, I really want to do kind of a radio play. Like, I think that would be so fun to produce just like a, together. I'd, I'm well up for that. Just like a continuation sort of drama thing or slash comedy or whatever you want to do. Like, episodic, yeah. basically. Yeah, and it's just like I'm a surprised. story and you get people involved for like... Because not a lot of people do it for podcasts. I'm surprised like, they do more it for of them radio. don't exist. Yeah, like there's a few, but there's. I guess it takes a lot of work to like write a story, get voice actors, do the editing. But I reckon it'd be so much fun to do. We have to do it. Well, you just do it as a series, right? You just you yeah. just make the whole thing and then release it weekly for your ten episodes or whatever it is, and that's your series, just like you would any other real series. You're not doing it week by week and rushing. Yeah, you put the whole thing together well in advance. Exactly, and I guess that's what puts people off is the effort because people are always like, oh, "I just want to get a podcast out." I don't want to talk. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. That's, 
Podcatal Black. That's what I want to do. But I guess that, yeah, that's cool. I guess the closest thing to that that I'm a fan of is Alan Partridge has a podcast, which um, is because uh, Alan Partridge is a character, right? Not a real person. So that's the closest thing to it. But it's a character. But it's still a podcast. He's doing a podcast just as a character, if that makes sense. But yeah, taking it one step further. Basically, yeah, do Alan Bennett inspired plays as a podcast. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we can work on this. We can do this. Yeah. I've got sure. characters. I send you voice notes all the time in various characters. You do. You do. And we can get people involved and take a lot of our work off and just be like, oh, I record these lines and we'll yeah. sort it out. Remember Willie Sickle? He's a character of mine. The, I remember the, well, the well-meaning evil person. Yes. And He's just a nice, friendly chap. If you just want to pop a plectrum in your toenail and kick the wall there, if you could just do that, that would be lovely. <laughs> Why do you always use that example? It makes me <laughs> It's visceral, isn't it? It, it is because you picture it, and I like, yeah. like I can see plectrums <laughs> around my room, and they're pink, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> something happy taken away. We should probably finish our this podcast uh, episode before we talk about future shows. We're oh, already yeah. like, ah, fuck our till five. Let's let's we're, plan our play. We're still we're still on the air. <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> People are still tuning in. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Okay, um, my number one pick is... Oh, God, you haven't even done your number one. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I thought we were wrapping up. No, it's just one of those evenings. Uh, so my number one is more of the rom com traditional style that people will be familiar with uh, called Crazy Stupid Love, and it stars Mr. Steve Carell, very, very funny man, Jesse's love of his life, Marissa Tomey, Julianne Moore, Ryan Gosling, and Emma Stone, and also Kevin Bacon makes a makes an appearance. Uh, this is a great movie, and not one that a lot of people have watched because you see the front cover. You know, Steve Carell's in a rom com, and it's called Crazy Stupid Love, and you think it's just going to be basic as fuck, but it's very clever, and it's there's twists, and you don't get twists quite often in in rom coms. I love a good twist. That's so I've, I've never seen it, and I, for exactly those reasons you said, I think I would have seen yeah. the title and the people. I would have gone, not for me. Yeah, but it's honestly amazing, and I would strongly recommend you check it out. Uh, it basically the story is Steve Carell and his wife of however long, Julianne Moore, 20, 30 years, they get divorced, and Steve Carell just starts going and hanging out at bars, trying to meet women, but obviously he's terrible at it because he's you know awful. And then we have the Ryan Gosling character enter, who is this well-dressed, suave, charming, goes home with a different woman every night. And he sees um, Steve Carell's character as like a little project because he's embarrassing him. So he wants to try and... It's basically My Fair Lady is what they do and try and get him up to scratch and stuff. And he starts off with Marissa Tomei and she goes a bit mental. And what more do you need, Jesse, to convince you? Marissa Tomei is one of the most beautiful women in the world yeah and that that's that's what i have to say on that matter and then you would be right to say so it. hot so hot and just gets hotter the older she gets yeah she's hotter in her 50s than she was in her 20s and in her 20s she was hot yeah you messaged me about this daily hourly ah, just, morning mate pic- just <laughs> here's another picture of marissa to mate. have a good day bye <laughs> but yeah it's 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 just got a lot of kind of surprising stuff in it. And Ryan Gosling is actually 
a surprisingly funny actor. You don't yeah. expect it when you look at him, but he is. He he does comedy really well. There's the movie The Nice Guys, uh, which is one of my favorite. Him and Russell Crowe, and he's just he's just got them comedy chops, kid. He yeah. does, and also Steve Carell. I've been rewatching American Office lately, and um, I think this is like might be controversial. I don't know. I think Steve Carell might be one of the best actors of our generation. I'm not going to argue with you. He not does that, comedy so well. He does drama really well. Yeah, and he can blend the two in one movie. He's amazing. He's you watch uh, the American Office, and like just there's there's moments of like. You know, um, just sincerity in his eyes when he says things and stuff, and you think that's beyond acting. Like that is, he genuinely feels that. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. little emotional moments that sometimes pop up in the office. He's incredible. He just is just he he's just a really really good actor. And he could have quite easily just been typecast as the character he plays in in a lot of early television and a lot of early film, but. Because of how good he is, he got himself out of that pretty quickly. You know, after this, he was doing, uh, so he was doing The Office, but he was also doing stuff like Bruce Almighty and Anchorman and Four-Year-Old Version, which is, you know, the same kind of silly characters. Um, but then he went on to do stuff like Little Miss Sunshine, where he was like super depressed and down in real life. Um, and Crazy Stupid Love, I think, is a great example of him balancing that comedy but also serious stuff as well, because you do really feel for the guy. And then Foxcatcher, oh, what a film. Yeah, that, that's a film I've ever seen. That's the wrestling film, isn't it? Yeah, and then The Big Short, and he just started to get like more and more of these kind of massive, massive movies. So, yeah, massive fan of Steve Crowell. And I really implore, like, if you have your little Valentine's Day weekend, like you and Bobby, just watch Crazy Stupid Love. You won't regret it, I, I promise. Okay, thank you. Thanks for the wreck. Rust. And that does it for our top five unexpected romantic comedies if you're in the mood for love. So we had at number five, Jesse's pick was Meet Joe Black. I knew you would remember, so I went for you. Then it was Groundhog Day, then Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, American Pie 1 slash 2, Zombieland, and Crazy Stupid Love. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those movies for a good time. They are all good films. You'll laugh, you'll cry, ejaculate, whatever you guys do when you watch movies. <laughs> you'll, yeah, just, I've got a tear coming from every orifice in my body right now. That's all I ever want at the end of these shows. All right, let's go back to planning our new show. Fuck this shit. Right, yeah, fuck God's <laughs> what, what episode number is this? This is 88. Jesus, really? So we've got 12 more. Yeah. 12 more GTFs, everyone, and then something new from us. Yes. God knows what. But something we'll put more effort into, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I, I think I think the series idea could work. Because we'll get yeah. passionate about it and yeah. Plan yeah. It. We just, just we like just need a... to come up with a crazy world like the Nazi zombies in space. Maybe this is how it begins. Maybe this is the start where we pick our three random words and that's what we make the radio play about. Yeah. You know what I like? Um, you know, I was telling you the other day about uh, the Ted Lasso thing on Apple TV, which is the American coach. Yes. Um, so they've made a whole... If anyone saw, I don't know, uh, when CBS got the rights to show English football in America, they did these vignettes of a, a character called Ted Lasso, who's an American football coach, and he goes over to London to um, 
manage the Tottenham Hotspurs is um, the gag in the thing. And um, it's quite funny, but they got popular and quite viral. So they've now made a TV series about it where he comes over to England to coach a fictional English team. And it's very funny, but it's actually got some really lovely moments about it. But um, what they've done, like the marketing around it's amazing. They've given the club and all of the players and all of the characters in it their own Twitter accounts and stuff like that. So like every character is kind of existing in the real world. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. they're all posting and tweeting and stuff. And they were doing it as the show was airing. So like the team would win a game on the TV show and then the club would tweet in real time. So it's, oh, we've just beaten so-and-so for the first time in 40 years or whatever. And it was really cool. I just like the idea of like that realism coming into... A viral marketing well, plan. I like that. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a go. I've... Apple TV is the the one streaming service I don't own, so I'm trying to hold off for as long as possible because it's costing me a fortune at the moment. It's a fiver a month, which isn't bad. Not that I'm sponsored by them or anything, but um, you you can I think you get a month free when you first sign up. So just get the month, watch everything in the world, and then cancel it. Jobs are good and on it. Lovely. So next week. We we said we we're going to do that office episode with the Steve, with the Steve, with, with a us, Steve, with, us with Steve. our Steve. So we should probably do that next week. We do that. Yeah, I'm down with that. I'm right in the middle of the American office right now. And um, if I can talk about the English office a little bit, I'd appreciate that. So we can um, try and blend that in somehow. We'll give you two minutes. Yeah. Uh, I'm just finishing Parks and Rec rewatch. So once the Parks oh, nice. and Rec rewatch is done, I'm That's on Netflix, back onto the it? office. Didn't it was on Amazon Prime, Netflix? but... Uh, I was watching Amazon Prime and now it's on Netflix as well. So it's on both. Ah, nice. So yeah, after that office for God knows how many rewatches this will be. Too many. There's there's no such thing as too many. I think it's just, it's comfort. Like Scott Pilgrim, it's just comfort food. It's lovely. Do you, so with Parks and Rec, I skipped the first season because uh, it's, I don't know what it is about Sure when he's doing his shows and stuff. Like, season one just never hits. Like, same for American Office. Like, it's only six episodes, but I really struggle to get through those six episodes. The problem the problem with the first season of the American Office is they're trying to be the UK office. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they basically take the same storylines and almost the same scripts. And it's just it's just not as good because those scripts were written for British people to be performed in a certain british way and it works beautifully in the british office doesn't work in the american office luckily for the american office they have very talented writers who take the story in a completely different direction and that's what makes it brilliant not better not worse just different and it's great but yes i did skip the first series of american office to answer your question yeah okay i'm gonna do the same i'm gonna start season two because you're not missing much if people haven't seen american office you'll be fine that's the end. We'll be back next week with another episode. There's little things down below, so make sure you listen on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, subscribe to this YouTube channel, all of that good stuff. But just if they want one place to go for all the links they can go to. GotTill5.com uh, Train little monkey, clap your cymbals. Thank you everyone for joining us on this week's episode. We hope you have a happy Valentine's Day. By It was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. By yourself or with your loved ones, whatever you might be doing. Me and Jesse are here if you need us. We'll be your Valentines. And I love you very much, Jesse. I love you. You very make much. my heart sing. You're my true Valentine and always will be. Deaf to all women. And on that note, <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back next week. Peace and kisses. Mwah. <laughs>